Howdy! Welcome back to the Better Living for Texans podcast. Every year during the month of March, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics celebrates National Nutrition Month. This year's theme is Celebrate a World of Flavors. This month, we will be focusing on celebrating foods and flavors from different cultures all around the world. On today's podcast, we have with us Christina, who is here to share more about this month and share some additional insight into how we can celebrate cultures through food. But before we get started, I'm excited to share we will be adding a co-host. Joining the Better Living for Texans podcast is Priscilla, who will be joining us today. Priscilla, do you mind introducing yourself? Hi, everybody. My name is Priscilla Ofori, and I'm the project specialist with Better Living for Texans. Glad to have you, and I'm looking forward to our future podcast together. But let's go ahead and kick off today's episode. Hello, Christina. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Would you start off by introducing yourself and telling us what you do for AgriLife Extension? Sure. Thanks so much for having me. My name is Christina Fakori, like Lindsay mentioned, and I am a Better Living for Texans agent in Parker County. So I've been in this position for about a little over a year but was formerly in another um, position with an AgriLife Extension. Great. Well, I am, I'm glad that you are here with us today talking about National Nutrition Month. And so building on to, to that, we're, we're celebrating a world of flavors. Can you tell us more about what this theme and campaign is about? Sure. So, yeah, like Lindsay had mentioned earlier, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics celebrates National Nutrition Month every March, and they pick a different topic from year to year. So they've done um, physical activity, malnutrition in more recent years, and this year happened to be celebrating a world of flavors and focusing on culture and food and how those intersect. And so I was super excited to, um, you know, learn that that was the theme that they chose for this year. And I think it's something that hits home for me. And I was excited to do a deeper dive with that and learn more about it and share that with you guys. I, I'm thrilled to continue in our conversation. So what, what even is a world of, of flavor? What, what do we mean when we're talking about that? Sure. So I think for food, you know, from the most practical sense, food is fuel. Um, food does all these things for our body. It keeps us moving, keeps us going, keeps all our different organs and parts functioning in the way that it needs to. But I also think that food also plays a role into just our interactions with people, our families. It has memories associated with it, uh, feelings associated with it, you know, positive. Specifically, you know, with National Nutrition Month and the celebrating world of flavors, I think of foods that have been passed down from generation to generation. And so while, you know, we often as nutrition educators focus on food from, you know, this is 
good for our body because X, Y, and C, it prevents chronic disease. Um, I think there's more to food that, you know, maybe we miss out on talking about. And that's the really like food represents tradition and beliefs and practices from different parts around the world. And I think that's also an important thing to think about when we're talking about food and eating healthy. That is great. I You're spot on when we talk about food representing so much more than just being kind of that base nutrition for our body to function. But when we think about the media and I think about all the news articles out there, often, you know, there's this like specific list of these foods or there's a top 10 um, foods that you have to eat in order to be healthy. But here at Better for Texans, that's not at all what we talk about when, when we're um, teaching. As we know, often those trendy topics aren't going to be backed with any research. And they, there isn't a top 10 list because there's such a variety of foods available to us. And so how do we use those dietary guidelines and at the same time celebrate those world of flavors or celebrate our cultural foods? I would say that the dietary guidelines that we have are some of the best tools to helping, you know, to just maintain a healthy lifestyle overall. And so they're a great set of tools, but I really want to emphasize the word tools because I don't think they were ever intended to be a set-by-set rule book of this is exactly what you have to do. They're really more of a framework to help us get to those goals, you know, whatever they may be. And of course, that's going to be different depending on who you are as a person, your lifestyle, um, your job, your socioeconomic status, where you live. Like there's so many different factors. And I think When it comes to nutrition and the foods that we're eating, oftentimes, you know, from nutrition educators or the media, we're often told these certain foods are the healthy food choices. These are what we should be eating. And a lot of times, and I think unintentionally too, it really focuses on more of that American diet, that Eurocentric food plate. And while those foods are great, I think we also miss out on some other foods that other cultures uh, eat. And again, unintentionally, I think that sometimes it alienates other people because, you know, I might go up to someone and tell them that, hey, you need to start eating healthier or you need to eat this, this, and this, but maybe that's really not what they're used to eating, or maybe they don't have access to that certain food, or maybe they just don't like the taste of it. It's not what they, you know, grew up eating. And so I think then because of that, they might choose to not want to eat healthy, healthier, make those healthy food choices, because, you know, they don't really understand, or they don't want to give up uh, things that they've previously been eating or foods that mean a lot to them and to their families and to their cultures. So I think it's really important to, rather than, you know, only give certain food options as these being the healthier options that we instead focus on all the different flavors of food and types of food and vegetables and produce because there's so much out there. I mean, I think of even just other cultural foods that I've maybe only recently had for the first time in my life that are delicious and super nutritious, but I would have never had them otherwise because I didn't grow up around them. So I just think we as nutrition educators and for anyone else who is, you know, listening 
to this, we just have such an opportunity to expand our diet and our plates to so much more than maybe what we're seeing through the mainstream mainstream media. Um, Thank you, Christina. That was very well said. So how do you suggest we keep a balanced plate when it comes to preparing um, our meals or planning um, meals throughout the week or for the month? Yeah, so I think that, and I assume, you know, I would guess that Lindsay and Priscilla would both attest to this, that our focus, especially with that for Texans and the teachings um, that we do in our curriculum is that how can we just have a balanced plate rather than, you know, these foods are bad, we shouldn't have them, take them out. You know, I don't, I would never hope to relay that message to anyone that I come into contact because I really truly believe that there is a place for all types of food, even the, you know, (laughs) desserts and things like on occasion that maybe get those more negative connotations associated to them. But I really think that, again, it's less about omitting and more about how can we be just more mindful of what it is we're preparing, how we're preparing it, what we're including. And I think the biggest thing comes back to just always eating, um, you know, more whole grains, less uh, saturated fats, more fruits and vegetables, more variety of dairy, more colorful uh, foods on your plate. And so I think all that still reigns true when talking about cultural foods. And just from my own personal experience, my family is from the Middle East. And uh, so I grew up I was that kid that brought like a hummus sandwich to uh, elementary school while all my friends were having like peanut butter and jelly. And, you know, like just thinking about it now, it was kind of embarrassing at times. But uh, looking back on it, you know, peanut butter and jelly, peanut butter is a great source of protein. And that's awesome. And that's something that a lot of my, um, you know, friends ate. But hummus is made from chickpeas or garbanzo beans. And that is also a great source of protein. So in a way, it's like, yes, these foods are very different, but they still have so much nutritional value. So just because something might not look like, again, that like more traditional plate doesn't mean that I wasn't still, you know, that we're not still getting all those different nutrients. So it just varies from culture to culture. And I think that's something to appreciate rather than to, you know, pick at or maybe uh, put in a negative light because so many different foods provide so many different benefits. And just because we haven't heard of them or haven't tried them before doesn't mean that um, we shouldn't eat them in our diet. And just a few other points too, I think not only the certain foods that we eat, but the way that we flavor them. Um, with different spices, so many good different spices. And that's such a great way to limit salt. And I think about, you know, I use a lot of cinnamon and nutmeg. I know a lot of people like curry powder or chilies and cilantro and things like that. And so lots of good variety there. And something that you can do at the grocery store, which I know that Lindsay has done this before too, is you can actually buy in the bulk section, you can try out different spices to take home. And so if you might not be used to having a certain spice or eating it, or even not really sure how to use it um, in a food, it's something that you can just try out. It'll save you a little bit of money rather than buying the whole amount of it. Go home, you know, use it, prepare it, work with it, and then you can decide. This is something I want to add into 
my cooking and meals and preparation of them, or maybe it's something that I'm just <laughs> not interested in. But you know, at least you tried it, which is great. And same thing with frying preparation, you know, fried foods, yes, I mean, we eat them, everybody eats them, and they're good and have a time and place for there is a time and place for them. You know, if I'm going to a carnival, I'm going to get some funnel cake. It's just that is what I'm going to do. But again, it's all about moderation and portion size and balance. And it's not something I just never want. Like thinking about the state fair here in Texas, that's such a big cultural part of Texas. And and culture is also more than just, you know, associated to ethnicity, but like Texas has a culture, which I think is, you know, great. So there's things here too that are cultural that, you know, again, just there's a time and place to eat the certain food. How much of it am I eating? Is there maybe a healthier way I can prepare it? And so there's so much to think about. And I think really our main goal and focus and emphasis this month when talking about cultural culture and foods is let's not, you know, take these things out or, you know, say that they don't have a place at our table or during our meal time, but rather, you know, how can I take the things that I'm learning in my nutrition classes and my programs that I'm taking through Better Living for Texans and apply them to the things that I'm already eating. And I think when we do that, we're actually more likely to um, follow through with eating a healthier plate. It's more sustainable. And eating foods that we actually enjoy eating is very helpful because I don't want, you know, I'm going to be less motivated to eat healthy or make any dietary changes if I'm not enjoying the things that I'm eating. Because again, food is more than just, you know, the vitamins and minerals. It is, do I like the taste of it? Do I like the smell of it? Does this mean something to me? So um, when thinking about, you know, preparing our, our next meals, let's look at portion sizes. Let's look at all the food groups. Let's look at saturated versus saturated fats. Let's try to use less salt and sugar, added sugar. You know, so I think that's just things to keep in mind when you're cooking for yourself and for your family and, and friends as well. Wow. That was wonderfully said. Thank you so much, Christina, for providing kind of a personal story as well as some great information as well for our listeners to to think on as we celebrate um, this National National Nutrition Month and then being more specific about celebrating the flavors that do come with, um, with our food. Uh, Priscilla or Christina, do y'all have any other things you want to talk about today um, before we before we sign off. I would just like to say, Christina, really, really well said. I think you spoke a lot about the heart of culture when it comes to food. And I think that is what informs a lot of people's decisions. So thank thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you, guys. I just, I think back to uh, most recently at our state conference for anyone who was able to attend. Um, we had a demographer speak uh, just about how you know, the population in Texas is changing and we're so diverse. And so I really think that this is always a timely topic and I just am honored to be able to speak on it. So thank you guys for um, having me. Thank you, everyone.
today's episode. For more great tips, check us out on Facebook under Better Living for Texans or Instagram and Twitter at Better Texans. The USDA is an equal opportunity provider and employer. This material is funded by the USDA's Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP.